Okay, good evening, Abbasai. Learning tonight is sponsored by Yehuda <coughs> Kona's Mishpacha as a schus for a shidduch for Shein and Nechama Bas Daba. The schus are learning Shishbizaycha to a Zivig Hagen Bemheir. Also sponsored the schus, all those that were Mechazik the Kehila with his beautiful new night seder and the schus. Learning tonight, Mesluss is learning this week. We should tackle Obi Zeich to Chsivik Simataiva, and we should be Zeich that we should have a Kultair going throughout the year in this Medrash. So, last week we left off with a cliffhanger, not just uh, figuratively, but literally. We left off with Yanison on the cliff. So, just uh, back up and just uh, remind Eilim what the story was. So, Shaul is king. He has a small little standing army. Yonason starts up with the Polishti governor by assassinating him. Starts up the Polishtim. The governor was no longer around. And the Polishtim gather a massive army. They're aware that this is a declaration of independence, as it were, by Kali Yisrael. They remember that Kali Yisrael has some pretty powerful, has a Kalish Baruch on their side, and therefore they definitely realize they need to come with their full force and might. And they want to totally intimidate Klal Yisrael, cause them to give up. And they come with a massive army. Shaul decides to go and fight. Shaul is first waiting for Shmuel to arrive. He waits seven days. His army is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Finally, he brings the carbon, Shalai Bismane, before Shmuel gets there. Shmuel arrives right afterwards and tells him the kind of wonderful news everyone wants to go into battle hearing that you just lost the opportunity to be Melech forever and uh, gives him very harsh musr. Despite that, Shmuel's preparing to go, Shoal prepares for battle, and he's there with 300 men against this massive, unbelievable army that he's facing, basically hopeless. Most of Klali Shoal has given up. Some of them are hiding in caves. Some of them ran across the Yardin. Some of them actually swore allegiance to the Polishtim or even brought to the battlefront to help the Polishtim as being, you know, the, the logistics... Officers of the Polishtim were Jews who had unfortunately decided to throw in their lot with the Polishtim. Things looked terribly desperate. And Yenison decides, listen, we're in a terrible danger, terrible sakana. We don't have any way of winning anyway. If we can't win Bederechateva, maybe Hashem will make a nace. I'm the one who started the problem. I'm going to see if HaKadosh Baruch will make a nace to me. So Yenison, Ben Shol, Tzadik, Yisraelim, goes together with his nace Kalim, his arms bare, they creep across the valley. Yenison, the Pasik tells us, is the only other one aside from Shoal who actually has a sword. That's how bad the situation is for Kali. So they didn't even have weapon, proper weapons. They had sticks and spears, whatever they had. They didn't even have proper weapons. And they arrive at the bottom. We have these two cliffs facing each other. And Kali Shoal, Shoal's on one cliff. The Polish, the encampment's on the other cliff. And... Yonison made the simon. He says, I'm going to reveal myself and see what the Plishti sentry at the top of the mountain will look at. What does he say? If he tells me, Jew, stay there, I'm coming, then I'll know that it's a dangerous situation. I'm not going to go fight him. But if he says, hey, you, come here, so then I'll know that a Kodesh Baruch who gave me over in their hands. We discussed last week what the hetah to make such a nichlish, such a sign was. But be it as it may, he made the simon and... Sure enough, the Plishti says exactly, which the Malvin says was the Iker, the Simon was to see what he say, the exact words. That would show the Tzmin HaShemayim, that he should go and fight. And the Plishti says exactly what 
Yonason wanted him to say. He says, Vayanu Anshe Hamatzavas Yonason, the Plushti officer, tells Yonason, Vesnaisekela, Vayemru Ela, Vayemru, Alu Aleinu, come up to us, Venaidia Eschem Dover, and we're going to tell you something. Vayemru Yonason, and Yonason said, On Naisekela, if there's Naisekela, Aleacharai, go up after me, Kinoslam Hashem Biyad Yisrael. Kadoshbochu gave them over Biyad Yisrael. And we left off this. We're up to Pasukid Gimel, Perikidal, Pasukid Gimel. Shol, Yenison is literally in the middle of climbing the cliff to go to the Pelishtim, and that's where we're going to pick up the story from. So Pasukid Gimel, Vayal Yenison al Yodo Val Ragla. Pasuk tells us it was such a steep cliff that you couldn't just, you know, it wasn't like a steep path. He literally had to scramble hand over hand and feet up this cliff. Vinaisikalev Akhrav, and behind him is huffing and puffing is his Naisikalem. And as soon as they get to the top of the mountain, they attack instantly. <clears throat> they immediately begin, Yedison pulls out his sword, he just starts swinging at whoever is in front of him. And what does he do? So the Plishti soldiers are falling in front of Yedison as he hits them with his sword. And Yedison's Naisikalem is Memoises Achra. Interesting Russian. Memoises Achrav, which say he was Hyrig Achrav. So the Marikara says, I'm sorry, the Mishikatana says that the reason why it was Memoises Achrav, not Vyaharig Achrav, is because Vyaharig is how you kill, you know, Harig is with a sword. That's when you're killing people normally. He wasn't even ki- killing them in the normal fashion. He had some sort of stick, whatever he had with a stone, whatever it was, and he was just killing them. Whatever was left from Yenison, he was finishing up the job. Yenison was whacking them with a sword. He was finishing up the job. And this initial attack, this burst of, this fierce burst of attack, the Yenison and his Nice Kalem attacked the Plishtim. Approximately 20 people. In an area that encompasses half of a field that would be plowed, the size field that would be plowed by one pair of cattle in a day, so half of that size field, not a very large piece of property, and in that area of field, in a relatively small area, Yenison was able to kill 20 people almost instantly, which is a tremendous nace because... Alpiteva, they're all nearby, you know, once he's fighting with the first three, the other ones should have quickly taken their swords and helped their friends, ganged up in Yenison, killed them. That didn't happen, it was a tremendous nace. Now the Malden points out that Bashkocha, this that he climbed up the side of the mountain and attacked them that way, was very, very much a Yeshua for them. Now, obviously the whole thing was a nace, but Bader Chateva, he says, you know, they obviously had, you know, the Pelishtim were... They were very, very fierce warriors. They're good soldiers. They knew how to set up a camp, and they definitely had sentries, things set up properly. And on the road, the approach to the camp, they definitely had battle formations and people prepared to fight. When he came up the cliff, he sort of came up from the back. He had people who weren't expecting to fight. And therefore, there was somewhat, although an explanation, he was able, these people weren't really prepared for fighting at all, and therefore he was able to uh, somehow kill these 20 people. But Avada, everything was a nace. Now, the continuation of the story is definitely an ace. So the Pelishtim see suddenly there's people dying in their midst of their camp. There's a tremendous trembling in the machana. Basada in the field, Hamatzav, and all the people from the from the battalion, Hamashkas and the raiding party, they were all afraid. 
Chorodu Gam they're also trembling. Vatirgas Ha'aretz, and the whole ground began to shake, figure, I mean, literally, figuratively, the ground shook from their pachad. Vatihi Lecherdas Elikim. And it was a Cherdas Elikim. How do you understand this passage? Just pshat. So, first of all, the Malvin says that what happened is, is they show up in the middle of the camp. So, the camp where the main encampment was, they don't know exactly what's going on. Suddenly, people are dying, and they figure the only way, they didn't realize someone climbed up the cliff. So, they think, how is it that someone managed to get into the camp? They must have already killed out the raiding party and the battalion behind them, and they made it all the way to the main camp. They figure, okay, this is bad news. You broke through our first two lines of defense. They will start panicking. Now, the raiding party, who have no idea what's going on, but they see in the main camp, they're panicking. So they think, oh, hey, something really bad's going on if they manage, you know, the camp is panicking. So they all confuse each other and manage to panic each other. But two people with all the strategies and all the chashbonis and all the good luck, you're not going to cause a uh, an army camp like that, uh, there might be some initial panic, but they'll regroup and they'll take care of the problem. So what really happened was there was a cherdas alikim. There was a tremendous pachal who brought onto the pollution. They suddenly became entirely panicked beyond reason, and this is something that made no sense. And the only reason it happened is because it was a cherdas alikim, a who caused them to utterly panic. And this is really the ikil lesson of this battle. HaKadosh Baruch wanted the battle to take place in such a manner where it was so clear and so obvious that that, that we don't go to battle with our weapons, we don't go to battle with strategy. At the end of the day, we go to battle with HaKadosh Baruch When HaKadosh Baruch chooses, two soldiers can defeat hundreds of thousands of soldiers and it doesn't make a difference because HaKadosh Baruch is a Kol Yachal. Now, we now shift the story back to uh, back to Shoal. So Shoal is sitting there at the top of the camp, and he has his lookouts, and you know they're they're watching this massive camp of the Plishtim, and you know he has his people standing on top of a tree, whatever they're doing, and how they you know have the best eyesight, I guess, and they're busy looking, and suddenly something very strange is going on. Vayiru hatzayfim l'Shoal begivas binyamin. Shoal's lookouts and givas binyamin, which is the other side of the valley and the other cliff. He sees that the camp is totally, the formations are melting, they're becoming discombobulated, they're milling around. The Lushen of Hamoin, so, is a Lushen that's used when the Malbim says that when you have a camp, a Machana is... It's orderly. There's a say there. Everyone has their place to be. Hamoin is just a crowd, a large crowd. Crowds have no say there. They have no order. And other Abba, they just become totally, you know, they can become violent, as we all unfortunately saw. So he saw that this orderly battle-prepared camp suddenly turns into a Hamoin. It's not a camp anymore. It's not a Machina. It's a Hamoin. So he sees, wow, there's just this, 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 this whole camp's disintegrating. What's going on over here? So, Vayemer Shol Shol tells the people that are with him, Check who's, who's missing from amongst us. He realizes it's had something to do with Klal Yisrael. They checked. And who's missing? Yonison and his Nesikalim are missing. 
So now, Shaul's not sure what's going on over here. Did they capture him? And then the camp is so just disorganized, he's not quite sure what's going on about the Plishim. Plishim preparing to attack, or they're preparing to run away, they're changing their mind. He knows something happened, he knows Yonason's missing, he has no clue what's going on. So, what do you do when you need an answer? In those days, they were able to turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, V'yei Meshol, Achia, Hagisha, Aroin Alekim, bring the Aron, Ki hoya Aroin Alekim, B'yei Mahu, V'nei Yisrael. The Aron was with Klal Yisrael on that day. Why was the Aron with Klal Yisrael? So, some of them Farshim explain that since the day that the Aron was, that Shiloh was destroyed, so the Aron no longer had a permanent home, and uh, the Aron came, was with Shaul, with Shmuel, that's where the Aron was. So, one possibility, the Malbim understands, is that the Aron came with them, you know, even though we saw that previously, it was a Taino in Klaisel for bringing the Aron out to battle, that was when the Aron had its place in the Kaidash Kedoshim, in the Mishkan Shiloi, but there was no Mishkan, there was no set place for the Aron, so the Aron was with them. Now, Others say that maybe the Aron does not necessarily mean the Aron over here, which would seem to be the Pashtus, but there's a Chazal that says that, no, what it says over here, the Aron, it actually means the Tzitz and not the Aron, right? If you look over here in the Atzko uh, Tanach, they bring from uh, Yushalmi, that brings the Machleikis, whether this was actually the Aron, or maybe this was only the Tzitz. Oh. So I'll call upon him, he says, bring the Aron, but the main thing is he needed the Urim Batumim, to be shayel by a kodesh baruch. Oh, so it has to be together. Ashras hashchina. The rumatum didn't just work anywhere. It had to be the mokim that you had. Ashras hashchina by kodesh baruch. I guess if it's tzitz, and then somehow the tzitz helped with uh, maybe the kohen gadol had to be wearing all the begadim. It can't be mechus begadim to be to be shayel by the rumatum. And sometimes like, what does it mean to wear the big day the begadim of the kohen gadol? Outside of the outside of the Beis is also usually. I'm not sure what the Geder Hadvarim is. We'll find also we'll have David Amelach is able to go traveling with the. He has the Urmatum and David Amelach uses Urmatum all the time. Maybe it's something we'll have to discuss a little bit more. What the Geder Hadvarim is. We show by the Urmatum and we know that that's one of the things that the Melech or in battle. The is meant to be shayel by the Urmatumim. What's this gather of having the Aron, not having the Aron? So, as Hashem able to discuss this in a future time. So he says, Now, the Pasuk continues, Shaul is still. Talking to the Kayan to try to uh, arrange to be shaled by Akalish Barhu, Tahia. So the Hahamoin Asherba Machna Plishtim and uh, he sees that the Plishti camp begins to totally disintegrate. He sees that the commotion, the Plishtim are just starting to run. So Vayemer Shaul Al Kayan, Shaul tells the Kayan, okay, now I see. There's no more time, you know, when I wasn't sure the Plishim are going to attack, they're not going to attack, what's the right thing to do? So I went to ask a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Now I see that it's a Dover Pashit, that <laughs> I see the Plishim running for their lives, there's no more doubt, we just have to run after them, there's no more time to be shayled by the Umbatun. Now, Lamaisa, 
Vos is shlecht. Ask a Kaddish Baruch Hu what's, what's the right thing to do. So, there's different approaches here. There are those that say, Chiktana says, that he saw that this, this Master Pekuch Nefesh, he knows Yonis is there, he sees they're running away, he sees it as a Simon HaShemayim, that Kaddish Baruch Hu obviously intends them, he made a tremendous nace. If Yonis and Shaw and his nice came, he still doesn't know what happened, managed to get this army of over 100,000 soldiers and infantry and, and, and the, the cavalry and everything to start running, is obviously a nace, Kaddish Baruch Hu made a nace, he wants them to go fight, we don't need to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And plus it's Pekuch Nefesh. So that's a possibility. But there is a Chazal, Chidov here brings it down, that the, it was Takatayin and Shol, that Shol should have been Shol by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shol was too quick to make decisions on his own. And this is, and Avada, we have to be very careful. We talk about Shol HaMelech, Chas to Shol, and say something negative about Shol. Shol was at Tzadik Yisrael, but here for us to learn from Shaul, Kafim Adjigasai, was too quick to be Saimach on himself when he had the option of turning to Akadish Baruch and Chazal see this as a Chasar. Vaizoik Shaul, the Cholaom Asher Ite, so Shaul quickly gathers his troops, Vaivoy Adam al and they join the battle. Vihine Hoysa Cherv Ishvri'eu, and they discover is that they basically don't have to do anything because the Polishtim are in such a panic. You know, not like today, and you can imagine today also friendly fire occurs all the time, but definitely, you know, it's, it's hand-to-hand combat and everyone's running around and panic, who's who, and people are just swinging their swords randomly and they're killing each other. <laughs> a tremendous, tremendous panic. So, what happens now is that the them are in panic mode, they're running away for their lives, so suddenly the tables turn. Va'ivrim hayu all of a sudden, all these uh, logistics troops that were Jews that came to help out the Pelishti battle because they were subservient to the Pelishtim, they see the Pelishtim are being defeated. So, Asher Alu Imam Bamachna, they had been together with the Pelishtim in the camp. They're part of their battle order. Saviv, the Gamheim Eliasim Yisrael, and they now suddenly joined Klal Yisrael to start fighting the Pelishtim. So, Pelishtim now had Jews behind them, killing them. Asherim Shol and Yonis, and they go and join Shol and Yonis in fighting the Pelishtim. And not only that, the whole issue Shol Hamas Chabim Baharafroim. All the Jews are hiding out in the caves in Harafraim. Shomu Kinos the Pelishtim. They hear the Pelishtim are on the run. Vay Yidbeku Gamheim Acherim B'Mocham. They also join the battle. So suddenly there's Jews coming from all angles attacking the Pelishtim. The Pelishtim are in utter panic. And tremendous Yeshua. Vay Yoisha Hashem Bayema Hu Es Mulchama passes base oven, they chase them all the way to base oven. So, tremendous, tremendous Yeshua. You have this battle, you have this massive army. Yonis and Ben Shol somehow manages to, Siata Dishmaya and Alderich Neis, cause them to panic. Baruch causes them to panic. They run, all the Jews from all angles come start fighting, and they manage to chase them to base oven. Now, Chali Sol is exhausted. It seems, and we have we have this in other places also. The Klal Yisrael. It's interesting. It's even as late as in, 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 the, in the, the Book of Maccabees, which is written in the Tukuf for the Bayasheni, the Maccabim, who also fought tremendously outnumbered, they also went into their fast. Fat, they went into their battles fasting. It seems Klal Yisrael. They were fasting that day. It was the Yom Tzorah, and they were fasting. So the pasuk tells us the Ish Yisrael nigesh nigash bayemahu. They were being forced. So most Mepharshim read this Pasuk that we're now explaining what was forced on them. Shol had forced them 
Lamar or Haisha Shayechalechem. Shaul would make a shvua, a klala, on anybody who would eat other Arev. Therefore, they hadn't eaten food. So we're giving explanation here that everyone was very hungry and exhausted because Shaul had forced them and made this shvua that they're not allowed to eat. Now, the Malvim has a little bit of a different shot over here. The Malvim understands that they were all fasting with Tchil Asayin. That was the plan. Like any other, like any other uh, battle, Chayisol goes into battle, they're fasting. Now, when they got to base oven, Chayisol was exhausted. And Chayisol wasn't so excited to this fight in the, to begin with. Right? They didn't instigate this battle. Yenishol got it started. Yenishol actually got it started first by killing the Polishti governor, then by this nace. But Chayisol wasn't so... Shaul saw that there was something missing in their brand to go and fight. And they wanted, okay, they figured we got rid of the main sorrow, we got this huge armies on the run, that's enough, let's stop, let's rest, let's eat. They're exhausted. Shaul saw this, and Shaul realized that, you know, this is this dangerous situation. The enemy's on the run, we've got to take advantage and kill as many of them as we could now so they don't come back and kill us. And unfortunately, we'll see that the Pelishtim, they take care of them for once and for all, and the Pelishtim come back to make Tsaris. So, Today, to force Klal to keep fighting. Klal felt like, okay, we got rid of the Ikat Tzara, we could stop our fast, relax a little bit, have lunch. So therefore, Shoal made, because they were Negus, they were forced to begin with, and they weren't so in the mood, and they were fasting, they were hungry, and they thought there was time to rest. So Shoal forced them, he wanted to continue fighting, so he made this nether that you're not allowed to eat until the evening. Kiday, v'nikamti me'oivai, that I'll be able to take total revenge on my enemies. And to the credit of Kali Yisrael, Shol made this nether, and they all appreciated the chaymer of a nether, and they all were Pirish miyad, no one ate. Now the Alkut Shemoni over here says that, you see from over here, the chaymer inyan of Nedarim and Haram, that Shol makes this nether, and not a single person touches food, they're exhausted, and we'll see that Yonason by mistake eats a little bit and he's kamat, killed, put to death for this. We see the Inyan, and, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu considers it a chait. We see how Chomer, the Inyan and the Dorim and Shuas, is, which you know, I was thinking it's uh, very appropriate, Rebez Hashem today is going to be doing uh, Hataras and the Dorim, and we'll see the parasha coming up, and the psukim coming up, the Chomer Inyan of a nether, what, what, what it means, a nether, and even if you're over on the nether, you know, what, what nether? I don't know any of the Dorim, why should I make Hataras and the Dorim? So we'll see the Chomer Inyan of a nether, the person's over, being unaware and with plenty of good reasons to be over in the nether, and Afal Pike, and it's a tremendous hate that could bring an Einish Misa. This R, R is Lashon, Lashon, all right, we say in Hatars and Darm, Ahem, Lashon, R, Lashon, Shantal, there's one of the Lashonis in the nether. Vichola Oret, Bo, Bayar, Vahid Vashal, Pnei Asada. And Kal Yisrael, the Amma Oret, Sardak says, Kal Oret means the Amma Oret, they come into the woods. Chasing after the Pelishtim, and there's honey, Alpne Asada. What type of honey are we talking about over here? So, again, Rosh Hashanah Remez, where you don't have too many places in Tanakh that talks about honey. But, so Rashi says that uh, this honey was actually Knehad uh, Vash. It was, it, was, it, was, it was sugar cane. It was uh, sugar cane that grew in Eretz and there was dripping uh, the, the sweet sap from the sugar cane. That was the honey we're talking about over here. But other Rishonim, the Radak over here, says that there were uh, 
beehives, and there was uh, honey dripping from these beehives. Eretz Zavas Chalvu Dvash, even though Kapshute, the Dvash refers to Dvash tomorrow, but some understand this is a reference to the Dvash Dvarim also. And some say maybe that this forest had been set up, there are beekeepers that set up dishes to catch the honey. But I'll call upon them, there's honey available, whether it's dripping off of the dripping off of the trees, it's some sort of sap or or nectar or something from sugarcane, or if we're talking about literal honey, either way, there's honey available arrive. And you can imagine tired, exhausted people, a little bit of sugar gives you a boost, they all want some sugar. But still, Vayove Ha'om and they see honey is laid out in front of them, and you're fasting, you're hungry, exhausted. Not a single person just took a lick of the honey. That's the pacha they had of the shur. The had not heard bashbia over the saam. had not heard the shur. A. Now, B, we'll see there's other reasons why Yenison may have not even been obligated in the show. Yenison didn't hear the show. He didn't know about it. He's running. He has his, his stick in his hand. He stuck out the edge, edge of his stick. He dipped it in the Ya'aris Hadvash, the forests of honey. Which Agav, Chazal learned from over here that honey is like a yar, that just like a yar is mechubar lekarka, honey is considered mechubar, and the mele on Shabbos to take the chalas tevash out of the beehive is an isa But al kol ponim, he dips his stick into the honey, vayoshev yodei alpiv, and he puts a little bit of honey in his mouth, vata'erna enav, and his eyes light up, his, he had become weak, and the Gemara says he had what's called bulmus, which is some sort of machla, where he was he was in danger. I don't know. It sounds like low blood, extreme low blood sugar, and he was uh, his vision had already gone uh, a little bit blurry. And suddenly his eyesight came back. Everything came back to normal. He got his blood sugar back up. And right away, someone tells Yehonasan, "Vayan Ishmael on Vayomer, Hashbeya Hishbeya Aviches on Leimer." Your father made a shvua to say, "Ora Isha Sheyech Lechem Hayoyim." Everyone's exhausted, and, and your father wore us out, but your father made a shvu. How could you eat from the honey? Now, Yonason's answer over here is very surprising. What does Yonason say? Yonason says, Yonason, Ochar obvious It's very surprising because Yonason shouldn't be speaking negative. He should have said, I didn't know. He speaks negatively about his father. Ochar obvious aorets. My father was Eicha the Oretz. Ru'una ki oiru einai. Look, my eyes lit up. Ki ta'amti ma'atavash as I had a little bit of honey. Look how my eyes lit up. Af ki lu ochel ochel hayoyim ha'om yishlo oivav. He would have let everyone eat from a little bit of the spoils of the enemies as they ran. Asher motza ki ata loira vach loirov samaka plishim wouldn't have been able to create a much, much greater haka against the plishim. Wouldn't have been able to Smite them to d- defeat them in a much greater manner, and then the pasuk finishes. And the nation was ex- exhausted, beyond exhausted. They hadn't eaten from this tremendous battle, running, fighting. So, what's going on over here with Yainison? So the Malbim says that Yainison over here was coming to. Uh, to answer for himself why he ate from the honey. And he had three times. He said, first of all, he says he didn't, he didn't hear. I didn't know about it. 
Second of all, Yenison only had a... I'm sorry. This is the reason... First, Malden the Pasuk before. Apologize. And Malden explains why Yenison ate from there. First of all, he didn't know about it. Second of all, he only had a mashu, which is not even considered achila. And third of all, he was so sick from this low blood sugar, from this bonus, that he had a heter to eat it, even if he had he heard the shul. Now, what was Yonason answering? So the Malvin explains Yonason was trying to explain this to the people. So this seemingly strange Lashem. Yonason speaks negatively about his father. So the Malvin says that Yonason, Yonason, he was answering them. He says, first of all, I didn't know that my father did this because it doesn't make sense. How should I dream up that my father made such a thing that makes no sense? It makes everyone exhausted. And second of all, he says, He says, look, my eyes lit up. So that's another reason I was allowed to eat, because I was very weak and I had this bonus. And really, it doesn't really make sense to my father. So I never cholmed he did it. And, and, and could be such a nether, can't be chal, because it's betoyz. And he should be shayl in the nether. And third of all, I didn't even know about it. And I was unwell and I needed to eat from it. So Yenison had a good teretz why he had a supposed to eat from the honey. Despite all this, we're going to see, as Hashem running out of time for tonight, we're going to see that there was a tremendous taina on Klal Yisrael. Kodesh Baruch was angry, it's considered a hate. Yonason has come out put to death. What did Yonason do wrong? So the Farshim say that maybe Yonason was Peshea Kafima He saw everyone else, he knew everyone's exhausted. Right? If everyone's tired and hungry, and you come in, and there's a beautiful spread, there's shalom, and there's, and there's, 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 there's sushi, and all the delicious things, and everyone starts attacking. If no one touches the food, you should be like, one second, I'm not the only one who's hungry, what's going on over here? So from the fact that he didn't try figuring things out, and asking, that was already a pshia. Now, he's really giving a terror, that he never called him, there should be such an edit, it doesn't make sense, but I'll call upon him, there was somewhat of a time. But it also could be that there was a tainan from the way he spoke, maybe that he spoke Kenegat's father. But more than that, by saying that we could have defeated the Pelishtim so much, was such much better, we could have had a much greater victory. Had we eaten, that was somehow ascribing the victory to natural events and that we needed, you know, we were stronger. But if you understand the whole thing is Miyala Kadesh Baruch, it doesn't really make a difference how weak, how shrach you are. So maybe that was also somewhat. The Taino Yenison. Okay, as Hashem will pick up next week, we'll see another few interesting things over here, what, what, what the nation did now to eat. They're starving, how they eat, and there's another fate, and then the story of Yenison's uh, day of reckoning with his father, and uh, that'll be all for tonight. Amen.